is an ultimate global podcast. Hello, and welcome to our Daily Dose podcast, covering all about day-to-day global affairs. You're listening to Saurabh Kora and George Mavros from Sydney. Hello, good evening to everyone who is joining us from Sydney and around the world. Today, we have a very special topic which is obviously close to my heart and also uh, it's quite trending for around a month or so now. Today's Monday Daily Dose podcast is on UN SDGs or social affairs. And underneath that, we talk about or we touch base about the topic on empowering the women in Afghanistan, which is quite trending in the world these days. And there cannot be a better person to talk about this than our special guest today, whose name is Mariam Popal Zahid. She is the founder of Afghan Women on the Move. And she has been doing an incredible job in the last couple of years to empower women to raise her voice in terms of getting all the Afghan women together to fight for their basic rights in Afghanistan. What has happened recently is quite a disaster after the Taliban taking over. And some of the signals that they have shown are not quite prominent in terms of supporting women. And so we'd like to hear Mariam's voice today as well to understand some of the latest information which are which is coming from Afghanistan. Because we recently heard on Friday there was a protest outside the presidential palace by the women. And um, it was not as smooth as possible. In fact, we also heard some violent violence entering into that protest. Do you do you know about that, Mariam? Hi, Saraf, and thank you very much for inviting me, and hello to our friends that are watching us online. Um, there's so much happening right now in Afghanistan, and there's so much happening even around the world uh, to address the Afghanistan conflict that is uh, on the ground. So um, as much as you guys are aware and can watch um, from the news, that's how much I know as well. Uh, the only difference is that I am also in contact with Afghan women and our families back home with very limited access to internet and to other social media platforms. Um, and due to some security reason, they're not very much um, feeling safe and secure to, to tell me exactly what's happening. But to what we are watching um, online and on the news, uh, they are quite worrying and disturbing because that is true. What we have heard to what Taliban have promised when they they took over a month ago or two weeks ago, this is not how uh, things are are taking shape. Uh, But uh, but, uh, there are still, we are waiting for, uh, to see uh, once their government uh, um, form to, to kind of See where women are in that area, and um, because so far, um, whatever we are watching, whatever they are doing uh, with women, about women, for women, um, we are not very convinced. And what about this fact that we are still not able to understand the true face that the Taliban is trying to portray at the moment? It's quite difficult to understand their double games at the moment. So were you able to collect anything from inside for our audience who might be listening from Australia, India, and maybe around the world for their knowledge as to what's this double game which is going on? And we might not have the right answers, but do you have any information that you have collected? 
there is no right answer at this point. Uh, it seems like we are from Taliban number one to Taliban number two. Uh, the only difference is we can see that they are more equipped with technology and having mobile phones, and they are pretty okay to talk on the camera. Um, uh, 21 years ago or 22 years ago, they were not even um, uh, were happy with social media and TVs and, and, and stuff. So th that's the only difference I can see. Uh, but I can't, I can't tell exactly what are their plans because every day things are unfolding and, and this, this unknown uh, is uh, scaring us, is scaring me, is scaring my families, my community, and even international communities around the world. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we are, uh, we are um, watching, we are uh, praying. Uh, to be honest, uh, I never felt this, this broken and hopeless before uh, because um, uh, to look at the Taliban or the regime that they are going to you know, bring back in 21st century. And, and we have to wait for them to tell us how to live our lives, especially for women. It's quite shocking. I have spoken to many, many women, families, communities. They, uh, more than anything, they are as shocked and as numb uh, as, as me and as yourself to, to kind of put the pieces together to what really happened and how come they are back. But again, um, uh, there is uh, there is there is no um, forever uh, for any injustice in the world. Uh, so they might be here for another month, two months, one year, two year. But if they don't serve the um, the civilians, if they don't serve the men and women, they don't treat men and women equally. Uh, they will see that they will see the 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 resistance and the backlash. Also, Mariam, two to three days back, I was discussing on my Daily Dose podcast with another participant, and he was a student from UNSW. So we were discussing about this fact that how Qatar can now play a major role in actually becoming a mediator between the two players, because Qatar is known to have close ties with the Taliban as well as with the United States. Um, do you think Qatar coming into this picture and actually trying to act as a mediator and solve this problem or at least have some sort of agreement between the two parties? Qatar um, given birth to Taliban, right? How they can become a mediator? Uh, how can they kind of contradict their uh, mentality, ideology, uh, political views, um, um, social impact in Afghanistan. Uh, so we're not going to just wait or hope that Qatar can fix things or can med mediate and, and bring things in a, in a level of understanding and create that balanced approach. Uh, it is a responsibility of all international powerful platforms to be engaged and to make sure that uh, there's there shouldn't be one size fits all in Afghanistan because Afghanistan is quite diverse. Afghanistan has layers of uh, complexity in terms of their political and social. Uh, uh, so that's why if if we just wait for one uh, country to come and mediate, um, uh, knowing that Taliban is coming from that particular country or particular platform, then what do you expect? Uh, it's just kind of feels like they're gonna. Um, uh, soften or sugarcoating things to implement exactly what they have planned so and, and it's it's not we are not leaving back in 2001 or 1999 when they were you know when afghanistan when they were in a very isolated and vulnerable position uh, now people are speaking now me and you are speaking there are women and men are speaking around the world so um no matter what happened if that thing doesn't happen fairly 
yeah, we will keep talking and we will be fighting and we will make sure that our international platform, our leaders, um, uh, the countries that were involved in the 20 years of uh, their political agendas and, and whatever else that they have in mind in Afghanistan, not to just now um, uh, say, okay, well, we have no interest in Afghanistan. Um, they are accountable for, for for everything that is happening in Afghanistan, because Afghanistan is in the heart of Asia, um, and that's that's that 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 um, that's uh, centralizing, uh, you know, in that space. Uh, if Afghanistan doesn't find peace, I don't think none of these countries around the neighboring countries, and eventually that political and social um, uh, in Afghanistan will impact the rest of the world as well. We know that, and history has shown us as well that. Afghanistan is a very um, special place in the world. So if the world is not nice to it, um, uh, then they will, none of us will live in peace. Absolutely, Mariam. And what do you think about this uh, short-term future or in the long-term future for Afghanistan? So as of now, we see that a lot of countries like United States, Australia, they are trying to help in whatever ways they can in terms of bringing back the refugees from Afghanistan and also providing any kind of support which is needed. But what do you think is the short-term solution or the long-term solution that you see as per your experience uh, of seeing both the Taliban, the Afghan government? So you have seen all, ki all kind of eras in Afghanistan. So on the basis of your experience, what do you feel is the future that you are looking for in terms of empowerment of women, in terms of the basic rights that the women demand in Afghanistan? Are they going to get are they going to remain there in the coming years or what do you think is the solution for that and how can the world actually come together not in terms of just this podcast but also in terms of adding some value because we want to add some value through this podcast and take the message to people around the world um first of all it's it's our um it's our social responsibility it's our it's our responsibility as a human beings uh, to help uh, a, a community, a country that are in need of your help. So uh, you don't have to be involved in Afghanistan politically uh, to be uh, to feel responsible. If another woman is seeking help, if another child is looking for a safe home, if another man wants to live in a better place, um, uh, you if you have that opportunity, if you have that platform, if you have that capacity, um, uh, you don't have to wait for the whole country to go and help somebody somewhere else. So that's on the individual on the individual uh, space. Uh, when it comes to community, the same rules can apply that um, uh, collectively communities can reach out in Afghanistan, especially the 5 million people that are displaced. Afghanistan um, uh, has uh, 35 million people in this uh, past couple of uh, yeah, months uh, or weeks of war, all this, this sudden war displaced so many people around Afghanistan. So we have about 5 million people displaced in Afghanistan. So the, the, uh, to your question of the immediate help can be humanitarian help. Um, now the banks are open in Afghanistan. You can use uh, other um, money uh, order platforms to reach out, to do fundraising, to make sure that that uh, that uh, people that are not dying of hunger, because that's something that, you know, uh, a lot of countries when the war breaks, that's the first um, uh, thing that they will need to survive. And then, as a medium to long-term, um, uh, long-term um, help in Afghanistan, there has to be a lot of advocacy, humanitarian work, lobbying our governments, 
um, to be still involved uh, in, in a way in, Af uh, in Afghanistan, not to just um, uh, interfere and um, uh, make decision for Afghanistan, not knowing the complexity of their social um, and um, uh, political views and, and cultural aspects of Afghanistan, uh, because if, until Afghanistan and until Afghan government does not have this inclusive government um, by all ethnic groups, by men and women, um, they will not function in, uh, in, in, a, in a way as a government should do. Because uh, recent uh, past two weeks or three weeks, um, a lot of um, our um, well-known uh, people, uh, individuals, communities, brains left Afghanistan. So Taliban left with what? And uh, you need brain, you need people, you need uh, you need men and women to bring a balance to your government and to give back to your uh, to your civilians, to the people of your country. So for us as an international community, we must keep talking. We must keep make sure that this momentum of let's uh, help Afghanistan um, put put uh, um, religious and and uh, political views aside, um, and don't underestimate the power of the power of people. So the power of people, uh, individually, uh, groups, communities, um, can reach out to Afghanistan, and uh, they can reach people like me and so many others in the communities and other countries as well. We are very well in contact with people uh, on the ground in Afghanistan, and they will need from emotional, psychological, uh, social, uh, psychological, um, financial, they need help. And we can we can help them. So we not. I'm not going to rely on Taliban, no matter what they say. Uh, and I'm not going to be even scared of them in a such a way not to to go and help Afghanistan. Maybe not. I'm not being able to go physically right now. But nobody can stop us, and nobody should stop us uh, to to help rescue people um, uh, uh, to to make sure that they don't die uh, of hunger and depression and anxiety. Absolutely, and I think this is. This is the most disastrous thing you can ever think of. If people are dying from hunger or they are not able to get their basic rights. And that's what we keep on talking about. One of the UN Sustainable Development Goals actually talks about this very important thing of gender equality and how United Nations has been pushing forward this thing across the countries to make sure that not only Afghanistan, but all the countries are following this principle of gender equality because still women don't have an equal participation in a lot of areas around the world. It has increased over the years in a lot of countries, but still, you know, that's why we call upon the reservation for women because there are a lot of cases where we see that the women are not given equal opportunities. Some people might term it as a feminism, but I generally don't term it as a feminism because I feel that they have not been treated equally and they should be given equal rights in the coming few years um, because this has been going on for decades and decades. You have been an inspirational story, uh, you know, Mariam, because you came here as an Afghan refugee, isn't it? And, right. and coming here and, uh, as an Afghan refugee um, and now reaching out to this level that you have become the founder of the Afghan Women on the Move and you're leading this movement and you're becoming the voice of those large number of women in Afghanistan is, is an incredible job. And when women might be looking up to you, they might be seeing you as an inspiration and somebody they might want to become in the future. Do you want to share, you want to share your story, how you came to um, Australia 
maybe the women who are listening to you can inspire from your story today um uh, well um i i um to begin with i uh, created or i came came to to bring afghan women on the move brand was the initial um the initial um hope was to find friends to find a safe platforms to find place where women can come outside of religious and political views because we are very much bound by structural views of generations and generations that some of some of these aspects doesn't uh, apply to us anymore so that this platform become a platform a safe platform a platform of advocacy a platform of friendship uh, through this um, i'm not sure if i have inspired anyone but i did certainly made a lot of friends a lot of friends that they can uh, they can resonate with my journey they were also looking for friends they were also looking for a platform where they were not discriminated from to where they are from uh, what they believe what they don't believe uh, so those things were my my initial um, uh, uh, steps that uh, this Afghan woman on the move really kind of take 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 taken in a space where I'm talking now with a very inspirational individual like yourselves as well. When I came to Australia 22 years ago, uh, and I'm saying this one to our audience so they can kind of compare now the recent new arrivals and see this from a different perspective. And I'm going to be very uh, bold here uh, because um, uh, it's, a, it's a huge difference. When I came 22 years ago in Australia, I came with no prior education and work experience. Right. So I came as a as a 20 years old young girl, but uh, coming to Australia, starting from a new language, a new um, a new um, society and culture. And there's so many layers of layers of obstacles and, and new stuff. Uh, and at that time, there was no Facebook, there was no mobile phones, there were no friends from outside the world. So it was just me coming from one extreme, literally to another extreme. Uh, it took me 20 years. To, to be where I am. I don't know how, how far I've come, but at least I can speak the language a little bit and I can you know, express my, my concerns and I can say no to things that I don't want and I can say to the things that I really want and I can advocate even for myself. So for the, for the Afghans or for the men and women that are on the way here and some of them are already in Australia, they are coming from a space of um, uh, uh, visibility. 20 past 20 years of afghanistan has been enormous uh, afghan men and women especially young generation has achieved so much uh, and that has given them uh, a, a, a lot of tools many tools now that they will come here they don't have to wait like me for a couple of years to learn the language they are not um, illiterate and 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 uh, technology they will know what outside world will will uh, look like um so they will quickly pick up on things. So our responsibility here in Australia to our friends, to our communities, uh, to make sure that they don't fall into the gaps and to the those um, to stamp as a refugee or people came from Afghanistan, oh my God, and we pity on them and just feel like leave them on centering payments. And I'm saying this one so everybody can hear me. So we, if we can uh, get them employments, if we can quickly become their friends, if we don't kind of um, stigmatize their journey as somebody that uh, they have nothing and they come to somewhere that, you know, uh, because most of them had, they come from a places where they had stuff, they had 
work, education, family, friends. Um, uh, so uh, now I'm so excited to see Afghan young girls that we have already 4,100 Afghans from Afghanistan in the past three weeks. So our government also did their best uh, to, to this sudden shock. Uh, still needs a lot. A lot needs to be done. Uh, we expect more uh, uh, families and um, friends that are really in danger to come to Australia. But also, uh, uh, we're not going to expect the whole 35 million Afghans to leave Afghanistan. So we have to create a balance in our future discussions to how to mobilize community and how to create a balance approach to all this chaos that's happening right now in Afghanistan and here in Australia, accommodating them. Yeah, and I think that's what a role model is, Mariam, because a role model is a person who has really struggled in his or her life and has come out of that struggle and then become an inspiration for the community. That's why I always call you a role model for other women, because you have come through that hard time, which and then made yourself to an individual which you are now. You're a strong individual. You're always uh, you know, committed towards this one issue of empowering the women of Afghanistan because there are a lot of people doing a lot of different things but sticking to one issue with the same commitment with the same rigor each and every day I know it's very hard and when you have the entire world and these strong forces like Taliban working against you it might be really really hard for you to you know again come back with the same power on the next day and say that you know, I want to fight for the rights of women. So this is an inspiration for me as an as an individual from you to get that. Um, well, uh, thanks to your words are very kind. One, uh, um, uh, I define uh, women empowerment or to empower women. I have, I, I, I just want them to believe in themselves. They already have power. They already have this uh, empowerment and all the energy skills. It is just that. As a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a bigger society, we need to accommodate uh, men and women to have that power and, and, and showcase that. Yeah, so for my message is to Afghan men and women and our families, friends and watching us, whoever, it's just that you got to believe in yourself and there's no right and wrong in, in life, uh, especially now that we're living in this contemporary uh, so, world and society, uh, we're coming with different ideas, we're coming with different approaches, we are more uh, learning how to accept, um, there's a lot of acceptance now um, embedded in our um, younger generations. Um, if we kind of take a deep breath before we judge, before we could assume things, um, things will quickly fall into their places. So that's how I found myself uh, where I am that people has given me and still are giving me chances like today to believe in me, to 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 uh, believe in my voice, um, and that that's itself. Um, it's vice versa. Like you know, you giving me a chance, I give you a chance. It just and and yes, the law of attraction works, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely, Mariam. And as you were talking about the refugees which have already been here in Australia or UK or Canada, but do you have any special message? for people or the women who are in Afghanistan at the moment or who might be under that trauma that the Taliban can do anything with them at this moment or they might be afraid of what's happening in their country and might want to leave their country but still they don't have any choice that they have to stay in Kabul or they have to stay in that particular area where they are at the moment because of several reasons. 
it might not be just the external forces but some of the internal reasons because they are forced to stay there so do you have any message for them that uh, really inspires them to take away from this episode there's uh, your question is quite deep and and and, and difficult for me to uh, answer in a, in a way to just give them one one answer to to you know leave with but i have also lived for 20 years in afghanistan and overseas um under the role of taliban and few other powerful uh, and uh, and male dominated society one thing that you can do is also to uh, to know that um you have space you got to be strong in that space because if you say that i i can't do it here and until i don't go somewhere else then you don't you don't have that base in you so afghan women already have that base they have fought so hard for the past 40 years or maybe even more than that that they got to believe that with taliban without taliban even the past 20 years still women were under a lot of pressure and discrimination so it wasn't the perfect world for Afghan women in the past 20 years either. It's just that the, the now this Taliban bring another couple of more layers of obstacles for Afghan women, but for them to believe that they have the base. They have the base now that they can fight for themselves and they don't have to go so, um, uh, so extreme just uh, uh, because um, at the moment everybody is emotional right uh, 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 everybody is so scared so when you're emotional and scared your body reacts your brain reacts things become unrealistic things will not make sense and you might regret some of your actions especially when there's a chaos um, so if they kind of take a little bit of um, a step back and we kind of work with them um, uh, as I said we cannot take everybody out that's something that we all have but how to work with them in Afghanistan and how they can work with us here and as I said if Taliban is not fair they will not last forever and Taliban is not forever if they're not fair if they don't bring women and men equally on the table when I say equally equally so it's not that oh Taliban is nice because she he lets me to go and become a nurse no when Taliban gave me a choice of being me myself the way I talk the way I see the way I do the way I choose my career this is will be a Taliban where we can kind of sit down on the table but at the moment we have the base and they have to um, believe that they have the base of this um, uh, they can they can find their way and they don't have to wait for international communities to come and put them in the plane and bring them here this is not the solution absolutely Mariam and that's where I think the other countries can also play a major role because now Taliban is portraying themselves to the international arena as if they have changed and it's very important for them to showcase that because of the the Afga Af Afghanistan economy being in a drought at the moment and that's why they are in search for investors and the investors can come from the friends that Afghanistan has created over the years including the neighboring countries like Pakistan and India recently in the last week we saw that the Indian government, which who never supported a Taliban, for the first time have started some some kind of talks uh, with the Taliban. Now we don't know what really happened in those talks. Um, we need to get those details, but they have started talking to uh, Taliban in the sense that what help they might be requiring in building Afghanistan back. But now these countries also have to realize that when they sit on that same table, they make sure that these issues are also raised 
that we will only trade with you if you follow these principles that if you right. don't watch right. women in your country if you don't yeah, do yeah. These, these things in your country so i think those countries can eventually put pressure by through trade you know through indirect routes that the taliban might want to rebuild afghanistan correct and that's exactly what i meant before that advocacy lobbying we must not stop lobbying on our with our governments mps politicians to make sure that when those talks behind the closed doors um take place uh, women uh, must be part of the agenda not that oh we're going to give this to women it's not like that we must be part of that discussions from the beginning because this going to slow the government let's say let's let's give the, the taliban a benefit of doubt and say taliban will do best but if they come after they forming their government and they say oh afghan women can do only certain things they're going to be a backlash they're going to then they have to start all over again and convincing people and this time we're not be convinced by just um giving us this this certain kind of amount of a uh, space that you can all uh, all thought that women will will do this afghan women are not the same as um 20 years ago or another maryam that was born 20 years ago is not the maryam that was born 40 years ago so uh, there's there's a lot need to be considered and keep lobbying, keep talking, and let's keep this conversation going, sir. Absolutely. Um, well, that's it for today's Daily Dose podcast. Uh, we also hope to see you, Mariam, in another episode in which I've already invited you, which will be on another theme, uh, which is under the same topic. So the theme on that uh, day is with foreign diplomacy. Um, and we might also have George Mavros with us who is the co-founder of Ultimate Global Podcast. And then all three of us can, in fact, talk, talk about the diplomatic issues of Afghanistan. Um, until that time, I think it's on 16th of September. So till that time, we will be having one month of evaluation of how Afghanistan looks like. And we might touch base upon the diplomatic angle to see and to take Afghanistan out of where it is today. That's it for today. Um, thank you so much, Mariam, for your participation. I, we hope to see you again.